God, we thank you for your awesome presence, your glorious Let's power. Let's together for the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. The love, amen, that he presented unto us by his actions of bearing a cross. You and I can have life and life more abundantly, not in just that that's laid up in the heavens, but even in this life. That blood that we find cleansing, the blood that we find healing, the blood that we find hope. Amen. When we plead the blood of Jesus into our lives, into the lives of our loved ones, our friends and neighbors. I am thankful, amen, even though he knew before the very beginning the sacrifice that was going to have to be made. And even the response unto that sacrifice would not be of the majority. But yet he would do it even for just one. My, what an awesome God we serve today. God bless you. You may be seated. It's good to see each one of you in the house of the Lord today. Come to worship him and to hear his voice, to feel his touch in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits and I'm glad he's not limited, amen, but he'll touch us in our bodies. Healing us, strengthening us, amen, helping us to be who he has called us to be. And that's to be an overcomer, amen. God bless you. I'm going to let our classes go back. Appreciate our Sunday school department, our Sunday school teachers, students. God bless each one of you, amen. We're so thankful they're excited about being in Sunday school. Glad to come. I want to go back and be in the classrooms. Not just for cookies and milk. And, but amen. To hear the word of God. To get some principles. Anchored into their hearts. And their minds. And their spirit. Living in a world that's uh, being tossed to and fro. With ideas and opinions. But thank God for the word of God. It's anchored and settled in the heavens. But more importantly. Amen. We need to have, let it be anchored and settled into our own hearts, our own minds, our own spirit. Hallelujah. Because when the storms are coming, and they're coming, and they have been, and they're going to come. Hallelujah. No one's exempt. It doesn't matter if you build on the sand or if you build on the sure rock. The storms are going to come. But thank God for that word that's forever settled into our hearts, our minds, and spirit that, that changes not. I'm glad to be serving an unchanging God this morning. I know the opposition that's against us is doing its best to tell us, hallelujah, that God's changed his mind and his word, that he didn't mean what he said. And what wasn't sin 50 years ago, you know, well, it's not sin today and things like that. But you know what? Hallelujah. I don't want to just focus on the sin. What about the promises? Amen. What about the promises? Hallelujah. Because you can watch a lot of those, amen, that don't believe in the true word of God and the separation. They don't believe in miracles either. They don't believe in the promises that he'll never leave you nor forsake you. They don't believe, amen, that there is a power and there's one sitting on the circle of this earth that you can call on that supersedes and, amen, that reaches beyond, amen, when we have no hope upon this earth within our own bodies or within the abilities of technology or medical fields. But yet there is a power. Amen. That you and I can move and stir. Hallelujah. By prayer, by faith, by obedience. Hallelujah. And move that power and authority even if on this Sunday morning it can drive away despair. 
that can drive away discouragement get put inside of us before we leave this house today. We can stagger out of here drunk under the power and influence of the Holy Ghost with the Prince of Peace and the counsel and the assurance. Hallelujah. Reaching down in the depths of our souls, our hearts, our minds. Nothing else can do that. Healing all the medical fields and all the things that man's got to offer through alcohol and drugs. They can affect and alter the mind, but the problem never really goes away. They can give you pain medicine, amen, to help you cope with the pain a little better, possibly get a little sleep, but there's only one that can solve the problem of the pain. And he's not only can solve the problem of the pain, he can solve the problem of the heart, the mind, and the spirit. And I'm telling you, man don't have anything in their resources and in their cabinets, amen, to do that, but Jesus Christ is guided in this house on this Sunday morning. Hey, I'm glad to be alive and serving the living God. He's not a dead God. All the other gods are dead and done and over with. Right. He's alive and well and conquered even death itself. Yeah. It's just great to live for the Lord, isn't it? Good life. Awesome life. Mighty life. Joy unspeakable, full of glory. Man, that's just touching the surfaces of some of it. So it's just good to be here. God bless you. Got a good lesson? Hallelujah. Anybody been facing opposition? You get up, you're going to face it. <laughs> you're going to live, you're going to face it. It's all different types and forms. From voices to physical problems, spiritual problems. Financial problems, family problems. list just goes on and on and on. Praise God. But you know what? We're very blessed. There's much confusion and turmoil that this nation's in. I'm still not interested in getting a ticket and moving anywhere else. Thank God for the liberty. Opportunity to join together with my brothers and sisters of like precious faith. And join the body together. To worship the head, magnify the head, call on the head. And as we do that, the head begins to respond into the body, which begins to respond into the needs and the problems. He has the power through operating through the members of the body to minister and to uplift and to walk in a power that's not made by man. And you know what? It's a power and authority that the devil, if we won't let him, can hinder. And he can't stop. He really can't. Now he's going to try. And he does that often. But it's really not so. You can't stop the gospel. No more than we have the power to change the word of God. We don't have the power. And neither does the devil. He didn't have the power to change the word of God. He can distort it. He can make you believe a lie. He can, he can cause you to be walk in the spirit of error. But thank God for the written word of God. Hallelujah. That can help us, keep us back, bring us back, keep us where we need to be. In the face of opposition, got a good lesson this morning. A focused thought, God will help us finish his work no matter the opposition. Think about that one. No matter the opposition.
circumstance, the situation, the devil, or devils. Doesn't matter if it's family, co-worker, employer or employee, political leaders. Man, it covers them all. How many of you believe when the scripture taught us greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world? So he that's in me can always govern if I got an ear to hear him. A heart that's conditioned to feel after the father's will. Even if it takes the long way accomplishing and achieving it and cause more suffering and cause us to have more patience and cause a little more effort on our part because it is His will, we're willing to go through the process though. Because He's in the business. He knows what's best for me. And, and I, I, belong, I don't belong to myself anyway. I belong to Him. And I'm representing Him. And He wants me, instead of, you know, going around the Red Sea, He wants me to go through the Red Sea. But I can't do that on my own power. You know, Moses wasn't Noah. <laughs> Amen. Moses couldn't, didn't have time to build an ark. He didn't have a ton or 20 years to build an ark. Amen. Hallelujah. So, but God always got it all working out. As we trust and believe in him against the opposition. Amen. I'm telling you, the devil, if you and I would just get it made up in our own minds and hearts and spirit. Hallelujah. I'm not going to shipwreck. I'm not going to, amen, I'm not going to stay in the ditch. Oh, I may slide in it, amen, from one side to the other. Hallelujah. I may make blunders and come up short and fail, and we all have, and we all will, and we're all going to do it again. Hallelujah. But watch this. But the sure mercies of God is going to come to my rescue. Hallelujah. One, amen, that went to that cross and died and paid a price. His intention, amen, is for me to finish the journey. His intention, hallelujah, is for us to complete, complete, complete the course. And just because my course is not like everybody else's, and I'm not facing some devils at all, Others might be facing. Everybody's got their place. Everybody's got to what they need to do. Hey, I'm glad to be serving this God today. There's no if and ands and questions in my heart, mind, or spirit about God. He's the Almighty. He's the everlasting. He's the Prince of Peace. He's my heavenly Father. Hallelujah. I want to please Him. I want to honor Him. But you know what? More importantly than that, I trust Him. I got confidence in Him. Hallelujah. Let the storms come. Let the heartaches come. Let the disappointments come. But He's got to make us an overcomer. He's going to make us victorious. He's going to help us respond to it in the fashion and form that's going to give him glory and praise and honor. And as we do that, he's going to give us babies. He's going to give us revivals. He's going to give us miracles and wonders and signs. Because whenever persecutions and the winds of persecution came, the winds of revival blew also. So let the persecution and the storms blow. Guess what's coming with it? Which winds of revival. I'm talking about Holy Ghost revival. I'm talking about God, heaven, sent revival. I'm not talking about make-believe in Hollywood. I'm talking about a move of God that transforms and changes the body of the church as well as the believers is coming in. Thank God for it today. Thank God for it. Focus verse, Nehemiah. Man, I'm beginning to love Nehemiah more and more. Oh, I read about him and Ezra and what transpired. You know... What would be our, our thoughts 
if we had been a part of the Babylonian captivity and we knew enough by the, by the prophets and, and who to serve and we was faithful to him, we obeyed Jeremiah, we went, we built houses, we had vineyards and we, we, we was just content, but now we kept serving the true God. We didn't bow down to their gods. We didn't change our, our, our methods of worship. And we didn't build new styles of altars. And, you know, we didn't do any of that. We stayed faithful to God. And then after 70 years, hallelujah, it's just going to be a free ticket home. We're just going to go back to Jerusalem. And in just a few minutes and a few hours and a days, we're going to build back the temple. Nobody's going to hinder us. God's going to make sure we're going to have a clean sled, buddy. Hallelujah, there's nobody going to step in the way or be against us. Nobody's going to try to slip in the back door and get involved. Doesn't have any business, amen, attending and being a part of this. You know, all that's going to be sobbed and all of that's going to be okay. And we, we don't have no resistance. And we're not going to need any help from the government. We're not going to need any help from anybody. Hallelujah, we're not going to need any captains or soldiers going with us. And we don't, don't need any letters from a governor. You listen, some people, that's the way they think you ought to live with God. God's God. He'll do it. If we're not careful, we use that for an excuse while we sit on our. That's kind of like the folks that's, well, I, I don't mean to be ugly here, but. Huh. <laughs> when you have the resources and the ability, get up and do something about your situation. You can't sit here in a, a stool and do nothing. Expect God to. Neither should we expect our governor. Our government. You'd be, well, I'm not being ugly, but you'd be surprised how many has waiting on me and FEMA, amen, to come by right here. While they sit there with trees in their homes and Now, some can't help, and I understand that. Well, I don't mean to get on all this, but here we are anyway. But you know what? The same way we see some of this physically, it's also happening spiritually. That's the reason we got so many denominations and so many beliefs and so many styles of churches. When you can't find that in the book, there's only one body. They're all going to come under one lordship. One name. One family. Now we consider it born again. But actually in another sense we're adopted. But any family that you're born into or adopted to. Ought to carry the family's name. That's the same way with this. So anyway, here we go. Focus first. Nehemiah 4 9. Nevertheless, we made our prayers unto our God. Always remember, living for God and serving God, that's really what it's all about. Representing God. We called upon our God. We're facing opposition. We're facing a dilemma. We're facing a situation. And you know what? We're going to call on our God. 
And since we're going to call on him and we're going to pray by faith the will of God, we believe that's what's going to transpire. That's what's going to unfold. And we're not going to stagger. We're going to hold on to it. So, as we watch Nehemiah here and uh, watch some of this begin to unfold, and I'm just going to use that main chapter for, for the most part. But, but before we really just get into all of that, I'd like to maybe, you know, look at some things here. Uh, you, you can read, read your lesson if you haven't. Go back and read it. Read, you know, uh, one out of nine. Uh, the report they get there, one out of nine Christians and the opposition and suffering and persecution. And, and that's true. Very true. And even the first contemplating the topic, you know, in July, it talks about 1944 when the Battle of Britain took place. Go back, look at some of that, how, how that... Lots of them came in with the airplanes, going to try to just bombard them. Did for over a year, and uh, didn't work. Thank God, in the United States. Anyway, go back and read that, and and so that kind of sets a platform about opposition, and it's still true today. America has many battles that we've been pulled into, drawn into, and got involved in, and uh, we've been pretty successful, all said and done. But again, that's not of our own powers, our own ability. Man, we could see where the hand of God had blessed us at different times and different situations to help us in these situations. And uh, there hadn't been any time have we went over there. And I know sometimes we persecute ourselves and we say, well, the government did this and they've done that. But, but we haven't went over and took anybody's land. We hadn't went over there to Saudi Arabia and tell them from now on all your oil belongs to us. We're going to control it. We're going to send American companies in here. We're going to drill it. We're, going to, we're not paying a cent for it. We done bought it. And I know sometimes we get a little frustrated. We get aggravated. We send millions of dollars across the lands. And we worry about our own that's starving to death. But, but watch what God. Anytime. Because you have to remember. A lot of those battles were from antichrist spirits. And so what's on the surface is not necessarily what's the root of it. What's under the surface. Called the devil. And so sometimes when we're looking at it as only in sometimes in a physical realm of what we can attain or prevent from coming into our country. Our nation. If they'd have just sit back. America wouldn't be America today. Same way with some of these others. Okay. Now, I've said some of that because you and I as the church, you and I as individuals, individuals speaking the same thing in the spiritual realm. How many of you believe there's been some inroads made in the church in the last 20 years? How many of you believe there's been some walls tore down? Some possibly rebuilt, but maybe not where they should have been. How much more did they allow before they reset them? And here's the problem with some of that. Once you start tearing down walls that the Word of God placed in our lives, and you start tearing them down and moving them over, it won't stop there. You may not tear them down again, but you've got some coming behind you. If mom and daddy could tear that one down and move it here to adjust to their lifestyle and their beliefs, then we can now, since time, you don't believe that? Look at your Catholic church, a lot of them is changing their way about abortions and divorces and all this other stuff. 
So, opposition. That's what it's set out for. Oppositions to challenge. To challenge your beliefs. To challenge your doctrine. To challenge how it ought to be done. Okay? And uh, the best thing to do is always build with a storm in mind. That's what Brother Quinn tells all the time. says, hey, when you're building something, you've got to build it with a storm in mind. If we'd had a storm in mind, if I knew, if I had known eight years ago what I know now, there would have been some extra columns put back here on these four columns, amen, called wind columns. And that would have helped prevent it what has happened out there. But I'm going to tell you something. When you talk about your soul and you talk about eternity, that a lot of people handle very loosely. They want to make have the terms that when it comes to them and God, that, hey, me and the man upstairs has got it worked out. They want to approach and talk about God kind of like a spare tire and that he didn't really mean. They don't never pick up the instruction book. They don't never read the pages of it. They don't ever get it planted in their minds, their hearts, and their spirit. And then watch this. When you start to do that, and we're going to, we're going to see this today. When we start to do that, how many of you, whenever you started to try to live for God and come to truth, that there was some opposition that rose up? And if we're not careful, that opposition will think, well, man, this must not be the will of God, or this wouldn't be happening, or that wouldn't dictate. How many of you ever felt like you was, that, that God placed something, a burden, or a, a desire in your heart to fulfill something for him, then all of a sudden, opposition, and, and we often, we pray, and I know I've mentioned this before, we pray, and there's nothing wrong with this, but pray if it's God's will, it goes well. But more often, when it's God's will, it's not going to go well. It's going to be opposition. It's going to be a devil. He's going to try. Because you've got to remember, if you're doing God's will, that means there's going to be results of a body being edified, a soul being born, kingdom of God being increased. And so the devil is not just going to sit on the sideline and just let it happen. Neither are antichrist spirits that was already... Uh, among us in James writings as early as he wrote a man in the New Testament so how much more has that increased and in the setting up of this antichrist spirit and the setting that's taken place well I think say something here and I know it's but anyway some dots are beginning to be connected probably the most the main belief in our military is Catholic Your new elect president is Catholic. You'd be shocked of how many of your senators and representatives are Catholic. Now watch this. Your end time people says that the, the false prophets and the, the, those of the religious leaders is going to be the Catholic church. God's connecting the dots. He's allowing the dots to be connected. We'll tell you something that prompted me this morning. Maybe I'm jumping ahead. I shouldn't say this. Maybe I ought to wait it to be the first message of the next year or the last one of this year. Amen. But uh, something just kind of, you know, across my mind is we was worshiping the Lord here this morning. And, you know, uh, what kind of effect is 2020 going to have on us? What kind of preparation is it going to have upon us? 2020. All that's going on, all the, the pandemics and the political things and all. So what, how is it going to? You know, 
Let me ask you something. After the little storm we just had, how many of you are going to observe and maybe do a little different, amen, change some things? Hey, that's what we're working on right back here. I got a guy that's going to come tomorrow. He's going to look at this, and we're going to work on trying to get some columns and some legs, rebuild some new legs and put some wind columns on there so we can prevent this. And I hope I don't have another storm and, you know, the rest of my life. But you know what? There's a generation coming up behind us. And so with them in mind, I don't want them to have to do this. So we're going to try our best. And I know God can tear down anything. But if I do my part and pray, then God, well, he, maybe he won't tear it down. So, opposition, storms, struggles, battles. So, as we watch this here this morning, and um, trouble, 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 you know, that's opposition, troubles. So, we'd like to be a, uh, live a life that's trouble-free. Wouldn't that be nice? No troubles. No heartaches, no troubles. Uh, that's not going to happen. That's when we're going to be resurrected. That's when, number one, we're going to receive a glorified body. Number two, the devil will be bound. And so, but until then... We, we're going to be what Job taught us in shorter days, but what? Full of trouble. And so it would help us sometimes to have the frame of mind, the attitude, the spirit, the heart, that this doesn't catch us by surprise. You know, because if you're not caught by surprise, it's a whole lot easier a man to deal with the issue or deal with the situation. How many times that possibly a phone call or something happened, your automobile broke down or something of that nature and uh, it's frustrating because you wouldn't prepare for that. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you know, you know, I can't believe this. If I'd have known, I wouldn't have done, I'd, I'd done, you know. And, and so, but, but we know Jesus Christ made it plain to us. Paul made it plain to us. Peter made it plain to us about trouble, about opposition. So I want to take just a moment. I'm going to use some New Testament scriptures and help us with that. Because uh, I'm afraid, if we're not careful, as in America, as even religion, we have founded upon not, I'm not talking about us as a local assembly or as a, an apostolic movement. I'm talking about, in general, the whole United States and religion. Uh, a religion has been founded and built upon a man to, uh, very shaky, very sandy uh, grounds, a man to, to, for us uh, being a Christian. And so, we, if we're not careful, it creates, it fashions and forms a man, a, a people that believe, and, and if you're not careful what they'll do, they'll actually turn against God. I thought living for God, you know, I wouldn't have these kind of troubles. I thought living for God, that my washing machine would never tear up. I thought living for God, I'd never have to buy another pair of tires. I thought living for God, you know, my husband always wake up every morning and fix the coffee and have the breakfast, and, and you know, and he's waking up thinking, oh, where's he, man, he come in any time. Boy, I thought surely when she got the Holy Ghost, and man, she'd meet me at the door and hug me all up and have my tea on the table and You know, preconceived ideas of what we think it ought to be and how it ought to be and when it ought to be and things of that nature. But a lot of that we never think about. The enemy is constantly looking for opportunities and ways to get into our homes. And Hollywood's one of the biggest, most powerful ways that he's done that. Uh, he found a weak place. You know, it didn't happen overnight, even in America. Probably the very beginnings of some of those they had, that had no idea. That it was going to, you know, reach the place that he has reached. Amen. From internet and things of this nature. And watch us. Watch us. Hallelujah. If we're not careful now, you know, Hollywood, our forefathers made a strong stand. We don't need television. We don't need an entertained sentiment. Because that entertained sentiment entertains one thing. Flesh, carnality, which happens to be hostile against God. And sometimes more and greater enemy than the devil himself. As individuals, okay? I have more problem out of me and my flesh and my preconceived ideas and feelings and things of that nature all said and done, amen, than I really do out of the devil. How many of you have ever met the devil? 
How many of you ever really had a personal encounter with the Bible? Now, I know you're probably thinking, I've met a few. <laughs> There's only one real devil and a bunch of imps, a bunch of spirits. Okay? But, uh, but watch, watch, watch what I'm really trying to lay down. Uh, Paul's writings, even in Corinthians, as he, he began to address some of this and help us out to... You know, Corinth Church had a lot of problems. He had a, now, now, boy, I'm, I'm, something else is working on me. Uh, God help us to present this gospel, preach the word of God to the flock, as well as to strangers and men and women out in the highways and the byways. We're not out, amen, to uh, uh, condemn the world. We're out to save it. And, and there is a difference. There is a difference. And that's the reason it's so important how we present the gospel and how we live for God and do those things, amen. Make the statement to, you know, I love a steak, but I don't want to cram down. And no, same way with the gospel. Even Jesus Christ, if I didn't come to, to condemn the world, but save the world. But for this to happen, what's going to save us? We've got to have the knowledge of truth. We've got to have the spirit of truth that will lead us and guide us. And so as we watch this, same way with opposition. I'm saying some of this for a reason. Now, first of all, that's the reason you have a discernment of spirit. You've got to understand where is this coming from? What is this? What's the purpose of this? Is this just a, somebody speaking out of ignorance or is this from the devil himself? Has he got an imp, a man, or an attitude or spirit of of this individual that's trying to slip in and, and, and destroy the mess up the whole mess of what? You know, and so even as you watch some of the writings of Paul here, watch this in 2 Corinthians 1 and 8. He said, for we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble. He said, I don't want you not to be unaware of the trouble that I've suffered, the troubles that I've been through. Uh, as an apostle, as a, a follower of Jesus Christ, as a disciple of Jesus Christ. I don't want you to be ignorant about this. He said, which has come to us in Asia that we were pressed, what is pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we, we dis, dispersed, I can't hardly see it. But even from what? Of life. We thought, hey, we were going to die. The next verse picks up. And we had in the sentence of death to in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves. You know, we, we couldn't even trust in our own resources, our own powers, our own abilities to get us out of this. We are facing a dilemma. We're facing a situation. We're facing such an opposition. Anybody been facing any opposition in your family? Work? In church? Trouble. Trouble us to spring up anywhere. Any time he possibly can. So that's the reason we're taught about being vigilant and being sober. And we're going to get on some of that. And I'm going to try my best, amen, to watch the time, but at the same time, I know I got a long ways to go, but I'm going to do my best, amen, to cover this. Again, Paul's writings in 2 Corinthians, the seventh chapter, he said, For when we were come into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. Man, we was weary. We was tired. We was wore out. We was, man, we, we, <laughs> But we were troubled on every side. The way we turn, man, we, we just facing trouble. Every direction, I, every, every direction I turn and try to do, and opposition was there. I'm on the head today, and we think. I'm on target today, than we realize. And so we have to be careful not to become. First of all, weary with well-doing, faint-hearted. We also have to be careful not to start blaming 
we like challenges as long as we're sure we're going to win. Bullies, bullies, real bullies, always pick on somebody. They pick their target. God does right the opposite. God always sets it up to put the Davids against the Jives. God always sets it up that the individual that he's using doesn't have the resources, the ability, and the power within himself. Amen. That it's just a, you know, it's a no-brainer. Most of the time, God sets it up where it's a no-brainer that the, the devil, the opposition, should win. Nehemiah and them found themselves in a position where they was going to wind up with opposition all around them. Trouble from all sides. That didn't stop when we slipped into the New Testament and with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It has not stopped, amen, in 2020. Especially for the church. What's so most important for the church is to make sure After the storms, after the battles and the struggles. You know why our military has advanced? Because after, after battle after battle, they learn you tactics. They learn how to put, take our, you know, we're not still using, you know, we're not got, we don't have bows and arrows. And, you know, we don't even, we don't, they don't even take shotguns. Same way with God. He's made a way for the church in this warfare. So just, just watch me a little bit here. He goes from that. He says, without were fightings and within were fears. And I'm, I'm getting opposition. I'm getting folk. And you know what's so sad? Paul was getting oppositions from the Jews. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the very ones that should have accepted the gospel. And believe Jesus Christ. And believe the truth. I'll fix to say something right here. You know the biggest struggle for us in America? Is persuade them they're lost and undone. That's affected us. Where our sin line used to be drawn. We may not like some of this, but it's the truth. Where it used to be drawn. Because... The religious world and the troubles around us and the opposition. And especially when they begin to make some inroads. And we begin to let ours marry theirs. And theirs marry ours. We started moving the line. Even the organizations, and I'm not against them. You know I'm not. God believes in organizing. But you got to remember organizations, you name them, I'm not, you name them, they're, 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 they got men in it, and, and no doubt every one of these organizations, when they set out and they started, their purpose, their goal, their, you know, was, was right, America is founded upon some of the greatest principles of having, you know, the freedom and the liberty of religion and worship, huh. sometimes that also can work against us, because as others come in, with their ideals and their gods and their ways. Now this is where I like to draw the line. 
If you come in over here and you don't like your country and your country failed you, please don't bring your gods. Don't bring your methods. You already are proven fact that it doesn't work. So don't come over here and contaminate ours and cause us to shipwreck. But that's exactly, now watch it, that's exactly what the devil doing. He totally failed. And so he wants everybody in this house to fail with him. Because all failures feel comfort with the crowd that's running with them. And the bigger the crowd, the more proud they are. I can't make it. I don't want you to make it. I can really back this up. Watch this. That's where you have to watch some people when in relationships. They listen to the devil. If I can't have you, nobody's going to have you. It's from the pits. Fail. Anyway, so we're living in a troubled world, living in a troubled time. Uh, it's going to keep increasing. I'd love to tell you it's not, but it is. Until the rapture takes place, until we get out of here. And so you and I have to have. Uh, take on the mind, take on the heart, sort of like ne uh, Nehemiah and, and those around him. First of all, you got to have the call, the anointing, and find that place. Find, I, I talked on it Wednesday night. The reason David could write that Psalms and, and, and the way he did, you know, he did not, you know, when he was on the backside of that desert, he, uh, I doubt he ever dreamed of being the king of Israel. Even when he was called upon by Saul. And others, you know, addressed him about it. He said, you mean, y'all take this such a light thing as being the son-in-law of the king? And he wouldn't, he wouldn't go in free. I don't have nothing to offer him. I don't have nothing to, 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 to become his son-in-law. And that's where the idea come up from Saul. Saying, I tell you what, let him go get a hundred foreskin. And he brought two hundred. Struggle. Okay. What's the scripture say about the kingdom of God? He that presses his way into it. Your testament. You don't have. Now, sometimes we can come. And man, the power of God just flows. And the anointing's here. And it just all happens, right? But guess what? Somebody probably paid a price somewhere. That's the reason we go through those prayer rooms first. Where we're coming here. We create an atmosphere. We try to get ourselves in a condition. A spiritual condition. Amen. Why? The enemy. We've got an opposition. You know what? He doesn't want us to have a good church. He don't care if you have church. You can have all the church you want to. As long as you don't touch God. As long as you don't change lives. Now if you don't do those two things. What you got to start doing. You got to have play church. But when you start having play church. Then you start getting to the place where you start changing the rules. How much can we play church and still call it church? That's the reason there's so many different rules and so different many games out there in the playing with us today. But it's the truth. That's where we act, and that's what we got to realize. Watch this, James. James himself addressed this same problem. My brethren counted all joy when he fall into diverse temptations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have a perfect work. That he may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. In other words, lacking in nothing. You know, diverse temptations. Diverse means, you know, from all different angles at times. Don't you just love that? Don't you just love to get to work and there's two or three trucks already there. And, you know, you're 20 minutes early. You're going to try to get on before they get there and they beat you there. And you can't get the coffee going. Your phone's done started ringing. You got one ring in your pocket. You got one ring on the wall. And... 
Then you got folks that comes up there and they, 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 they pick up some items and because you ain't got one other certain item, they lay all the items on the cabinet and leave you to go put back up and knowing you done got to line up. And I'm telling you where I've been this week. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't shoot them. Maybe that's the reason I don't carry a gun. <laughs> There's a few of them I'd like to. I'd pray for them. I'd raise them back and say, see, that's what can happen to you when you act like an idiot. That would be fun. It really would. Uh, maybe change a few of them. <laughs> Hallelujah. But anyway, that's where we act. Troubles, man. Things get to coming. And you know what? You know, you know, uh, you know. We thought we come up with this multitasking. You know, the lady folks brag on how they can multitask all the time. But but watch this. Before this lesson's over, with, that's what they had to do. Hmm. Man, you got your bill, and you got to work together. Now you watch how Nehemiah. Uh, as God instructs him and guides him with the plans of what ought to be done and how to respond to the events and things that's going on around them. I'm going to go bypass some of this. I could have went, you know, Peter, Peter addressed the same thing in, in, in 1 Peter 4 and 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened unto you. So, you know, quit handling it like some strange thing. Also, quit giving the devil so much credit for it. He loves it. He loves it when he really gets us. And it is the devil. I mean, he's the one that probes it and proms it and all that and the flesh and things of that nature. But on the other hand, hallelujah, because greater is he that's in us, we're going to be victorious. We're going to overcome this. We're going to be better than we was. Amen. We're not going to be bitter. not going to be any of those things. So here we go. Watch Nehemiah uh, 1 through 8. We're just going to try to deal with that to start with. If it came to pass... <clears throat> Third chapter, go back to the third chapter. There's a whole list of, of everybody that Nehemiah had persuaded and convinced to that the walls could be built. And uh, if you have a mind to work and a heart to work, we can get this done, folks. I know it's a lot of rubbish. I know the gates are burnt and, and, and really you can't even resurrect them. And you're going to see this in just a minute that even the enemy knew that. That's the reason they weren't too concerned about the city. They weren't too concerned about the tabernacle. They weren't too concerned about it. I mean, it was so demolished and so tore up. There is no way under the sun anybody's going to be able to resurrect it. Anybody's going to ever be able to put it back together. But you see, there is a God in the heavens. And whenever you walk in the will of God and you have the voice of God and, and the strength that comes from Him, amen, you know, that that's impossible by man and that that even the enemy's persuaded that, that it can't happen. Hallelujah. That's a reason, you know, when people come to the house of God sometime and you're thinking, oh Lord, I don't know, can God save you? Yeah, God can save anybody. Anybody that has a heart to believe Him, anybody that turns their heart to him and turns their spirit to him and call upon him call upon us what the scripture if you call upon me if you call upon him with earnestness and with sincerity hallelujah i'm telling you this god can show up and this god can do things that nobody else can do he can do things that lawyers can't do judges can't do hallelujah he can do things that bankers can't do he can do things that moms and dads hallelujah pastors hallelujah god can do it see we're all limited hallelujah we all got to still trust this same god so here it is with nehemiah as he begins to address this situation and so here whenever this all passed, and they're building, putting it together. And, and y'all go back and read all them. Boy, if y'all call all them names and get all that, you're doing good. But anyway, the fourth chapter picks up now. Watch what happens here. But it came to pass. I mean, man, he was coming together. Buddy, we was working together. Everybody had one, from one point to the next. They was going to work, and everybody was happy and getting, getting things done. They was coming in the evening time, having supper and high-fiving one another. And man, they was partying. Man, it was coming together. Hallelujah. Gates, amen. They was taking the rubbish out of the way, and gates were, were being rebuilt and hung up and things of this nature. But now it came to pass that Sambalat heard that we built, built the wall. Now, he just heard this. He didn't come down. He didn't see it. 
You just heard about it. You know, sometimes we hear about things and we're not careful. We say, yeah, we'll see. Sure. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, he was wroth and he took, watch this, great indignation. Huh. In fact, the scriptures prior to that talks about Nehemiah 2 and 10. Watch this. When Sambalat, the Hornite, the Torbite, the servant of the Ammonites, heard of it, it grieved them exceedingly that there would come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. Everybody's not going to dance and celebrate when you get the Holy Ghost, even of your own family. Okay? Devil, sure not. And he's going to look for any and every opportunity to try to distort, try to tear down. And that's where you and I have to be as wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. Because, see, our warfare is not flesh and blood. Ours is spiritual. Wickedness in high places and rulers of darkness. So we can't go in there and, and take all them false teachers and false doctors and all these and run to all these other uh, churches and go in there and pow, 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 shoot all the pastors. You can't run down to the abortion clinic and shoot all the doctors and nurses. Oh, pow, pow, pow. We'll solve this. We'll just get rid of them. Can't do that. You become t- twice the child of the devil than they are. Because of your response or your method. Wow. Here we go. Because we're in the New Testament. Now, watch this. Nehemiah is in the Old Testament. It's a physical church. It's done in the physical. That's when it's played out. So we can see. All right? So here's Nehemiah now. He goes on. What did he do? What's the first thing he'd done? So when he heard about this, when Samballot heard about it and made him wroth and had great indignation, the first thing he done, he mocked the Jews. Mockery. We've been mocked since we come out of the upper room. Know what? No, let's back up. You and I would be surprised how long we've been mocked. They mocked Noah. Huh. And you know what? Looks like we'd learn that lesson after a while. That ought not even bother. It don't affect us one bit. Let them make, make light, make fun of the hair. Let them make light, make fun of all the other. Let's just live for God. Let's don't worry about all that. You know, if, if I'd have been, and I'm going to say this, if I'd have been Mr. Trump's, one of his advisors, I'd have told him, quit worrying about Biden. Focus on what you're going to do and what you got planned and don't worry about him. He'll sink his own boat. You just tell the people what you got in mind and what you got planned. Don't worry about them. You can't. Huh. The devil's not our business anyway because we can't handle it. We, we give that to God. God can handle it. God can take care of it. So, as he goes from that, what does he do? He said, he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria, and said, watch this, what do these 
feeble Jews. Boy, don't you like it when an underdog wins? It's just in us. We, we like that. We really do. Unless he's the one, you know, we're the one he defeated. <laughs> Ain't so much fun then, is it? <laughs> we don't like that part. <laughs> Woo! We don't mind that nobody being a hero as long as that, that hero wasn't, that nobody was, you know, bumped us out. <laughs> I love you this morning. I do. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I got to throw some things out here, folks. We got to get to the real world. But you know what? That's the reason it's a kingdom thing. You know what? When it comes to the kingdom of God and the body of Christ. See, if my left hand is not willing to work with my right. I know the proper way to eat. You know, you're supposed to sit down at the table. You can't put your elbows on it. Oh, listen, you got to put your neck down. You got to put your left hand down. Kind of, you know. but boy, I get a whole lot more results if I can. Both hands working together, got the same thing in mind. They got to, and they're not competing with one another. They're not seeing who which one can put it in the fastest. This is a kingdom thing. This is a Jesus thing. It's not an individual thing. That's the reason those cliques, I don't care how young you are or how old you are, there ought to be no cliques in the body of Christ or in the church. Are you hearing me? after one thing. Pleasing the master. Pleasing Jesus. Going to heaven. And it doesn't matter if you're three years old or 103. It doesn't matter if you've been in the church for 30 seconds or if you've been in it for 130 years. Don't make any difference. We're trying to tame. So we work and pull together. If we're not careful. The writer, he told him, because they began to not only became angry and upset, they despised them old feeble Jews. They hated them. This world's not gonna love you. They hated Jesus, how much more they're gonna hate us. And so, watch what he does here. He begins to uh, will they Fortify themselves. Can have that. Have they got the strength? They got the ability. Man, they've been in captivity 70 years. A bunch, another bunch already come over here. <laughs> they didn't do too good. Nehemiah 2 and 19. And when Sambalat, before night, and Tobiah the servant of the Ammonites, Gerson, heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us. And said, what is this thing that he do? Will he rebel against the king? Now, they're just trying to get the temple laid. They're trying to get the foundation laid. Same one, same enemy, same attack. Hindering and stopping. And you know what? They seceded. Even without an army. They just started scheming things and setting up letters and getting the king's attention and it hindered and stopped the work for a while. Listen to me a minute. When you and I begin to make our way to truth and to God, regardless of where that's coming from, 
enemy immediately is going to start trying to set up things to hinder, to stop that from ever transpiring and taking place. But even after it happens, he's going to look for opportunities to hinder and prevent you being all that God desires you to be in his kingdom and service. Now, always keep, keep a clear mind about this. That I want to make sure I know his calling election. I pray that I might know his perfect will in my life. That I can be in the place he wants me to be. Whatever that call might be. The talents and skills and ability that he's blessed me with. Watch this. The callings of God are without repentance. What's that scripture really telling us? God, God still hasn't changed his mind. He still hasn't backed up. As often as pastors and the five-fold ministry has failed God, you know what he's still doing? Today he's still calling men and women into the ministry. He had changed his mind about the method, about the way of doing it. A little different there. A lot of times we took that scripture like we could repent. We could get around it. We can disqualify ourselves. But you know what? It's not going to change God's mind of quit calling the next day and knocking on somebody's heart and calling them into the ministry and the service of God and the kingdom of God. Regardless of how many church, even apostolic churches, that backslide and goes back into the world, God's still going to be trying to birth and send missionaries and evangelists and the five-fold ministry starting brand new churches. Because he's in the business of saving. He's in the business of delivering. He will not let the enemy, amen, Keep him from showing his love and compassion, concern, and care for humanity. Regardless of how many times we reject him. Got anything? Yeah. Okay. What about Saul? He rejected Saul. But you know what? He says, I got me another man. I, I got a king. I, I got a king. Moses' writings, you remember, done told him they was going to have a king. I, I can't get on all that. Let's, let's go from that. He goes, he says, fortify themselves. Will they sacrifice? Are they willing to make the sacrifice? Whoa. Well, that's, that's getting. You know, it's one thing to, to repent, get baptized in Jesus' name, and fill with the Holy Ghost. But how much sacrifice are we going to do from that point? To walk in the will of God, to call of God, the service of God. Are we going to make the sacrifice to keep the walls or build the walls and keep those walls built? You know, you can build a brand new house and don't move in it. Just build a brand new house. Use the best material the man's got to offer. Just leave it sitting there. Move away from it. Leave it alone. Go away from it about three or four years and come back and see what it looks like. That thing will rot down. Hmm. Same way, same way. Living with God. That's the reason you constantly got to keep working. Fellowships, relationships. That's the reason you and I have to keep working on our relationship. You know why? Because there's a devil. There's a devil constantly looking for opportunities. Amen. Shooting little fiery darts to separate us. To divide us. Because he knows good and well if we really all get together. now, If we really all get joined together. Even God talked about this. He said, hey, hey, that, that, that bill on a tower. Going to build it to heaven. Unity. Coming together. What would really happen if America really pulled together? Do away with the Democrats, do away with the Republicans, do away with all the... But everybody says, you know what? Starting from this day, I'm going to be honest. We're going to work together. We're going to make this the greatest nation that God's ever had. 
We're going to bless our people and bless those around us. Did you know that those that really need help, we could give them instead of $500 a month, we could probably give them fifteen dollars or $2,000 a month? Oh, yeah. Of course, we probably take about half of them off right off the start. And they'd be more enough because everybody's willing to carry their share of the load. If you could pass the right laws, if those is, is, is on some of that, could give them a little leadway and say, you know what, we're going to let you work a day or two and make you some money because we know if you just work a day or two, you won't be able to work the rest of the week. You're going to have to recover because of your body and your condition. Come on, I'm telling you, God deals with us a lot different than how we deal with one another. Because he's not selfish and he's not all about him. It's about us. He didn't come at cross, amen, to, to die for God. He didn't come, amen, to save himself. He came to save humanity. He came to save us. And that's the reason he pays the price. And he's willing to pay the price and long suffering. Hell, they all will come to repentance. That's the reason he's full of compassion and mercy and all these other things. When all of us, sometimes I mark them all off. God wants to say, no, 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 no. I'm going to send the man of God by him one more time. I'm going to send somebody to dig around him a little bit, do a little further. You never know. All of a sudden, boom, it may connect. Thank God for that. I wouldn't be here today. If I wasn't serving a God like that, I wouldn't be here today. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I can take you back to some times sitting on the top of a machine in Wiggins, crying my eyeballs out. No pastor, hadn't had a pastor in a long time, about dried up to nothing. <laughs> some of you ain't got a clue. Some of you don't have a clue. And I know it's hard. I know this pandemic's hard. I'm telling you, some of you don't have a clue, spiritually speaking, of the real struggle and battle. When you get isolated, and you get by yourself, and, and can't even have a good service, and can't folks, you know, 30 minutes late, and one thing after another. But you know what? We held in here. The church held in here. And God's going to keep blessing. And you know what? If we'll make up in our minds and hearts and spirits today that you know what? God, you help me not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. Is anybody praying that? We need to be praying. God, you help me not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. To recognize the enemy. Whatever and however it's coming, God, help me recognize that. Because he's out to destroy us. He's out to tear us down. And that's the reason right, you say what you want to. You know why the demonical force is having such a power in the United States? It's coming through the gateway called drugs. It's true. I'm going to try to hurry a number of times. As you watch this process, really begin to unfold. Just drop down to about the ninth verse. Nevertheless, what did he do? When he heard what was happening, what was taking place, what was going on. He says, nevertheless, we prayed our God, our prayers unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. If you go back, you're going to see that there were some of the workers that was on the outskirts and outside. And they come running back in and told them. And the Bible says ten times. That means repeatedly. They told them about the, hey, the enemy's setting up a scheme. That they've done got together. They're going to come in amongst the rubble. Hide themselves. Among, so they'll be right on top of us before we know it. And, but word got to Nehemiah. He said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to set up a watch. Both day and night. For a little while, we're going to take some of us. You're going to put, you're going to put on the armor. Hey Amen. You have the swords. And all you're going to do day and night, you're going to watch for the enemy. And when the word got back to the enemy's camp, that their counsel had been found out, they had to back off. And then after that, watch Nehemiah. After that is when, hey, everybody goes back to working on the wall. 
And even at that point, read it close enough, everybody, <laughs> there was still something that's going to be watchmen. Watch this. And at nighttime, what would he do? He's called them all in. He said, I want everybody to come into Jerusalem. You got to have a church. You got to have a place that you can come. That you got confidence and faith in your brothers and sisters and the leadership. Because if you got that, I'm telling you, you can win any battle. But you know what happens a lot of times? A lot of us, we're not careful. Hey, when we get a little wounded, we get a little sideways or something. We don't, don't want to come to the house of God. The very place that we can find bread, that we can find directions and instructions and help and protection. When somebody goes through a major surgery, they don't just roll them back out, you know, out the emergency room door. Here, family. You're yours. We cut them open, got it out there, but they're yours now. No. They don't even, they don't even take them back to a hospital room. They take them to a place called a recovery. And in fact, if it's bad enough, called an intensive care. Hallelujah. They get right down to having one nurse. That's all her job or his job. Amen. Amen. So watch that patient. Watching all the numbers and everything else. And any little weird thing that goes out, they on top of it. Because they understand. It, 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 you know, it, it, just in a moment, just in a few minutes, we can lose this one. But with intensive care. Hallelujah. Come on. I'm preaching to us this morning. That's what the church is all about. That's what coming to the house of God is all about. That's what coming, amen, and joining together and together and listen to what Nehemiah is telling them. Hey, I, I, we'll win this thing. We'll get these walls built. We'll overcome the devil. You know, they think, you know, they're going to fortify themselves. Hey, listen to what he said about the gates. Who in the world can, is going to raise up those gates? It's been burnt. It's destroyed. But he didn't realize there was a team. Go back and watch it. Judah. Judah had a team that was coming through, moving all the rubbish. Anybody know anything about that last week or two? Before they could hang wires. Before they put power back. Woo! You got to get the rubbish out of the way before God can ever give you the power back. If you're not willing to repent and get the rubbish out of your life and, and get the garbage out of your life and get it, keep it out of your life, God can never hook you back up to the power. But if you'll get that out of the way, guess what? God will hook you back up with power. So same way here. Now, they became faint-hearted. I mean, I tell you what, my little tractor's really paid off. I've moved a lot of heavy stuff. It was so much fun. Taking that port lift, cutting them old big trees. I used to have to cut them pieces out like this. I'd spend an hour or two on one tree. Now I go up there and cut that dude in half, cut it off at the stump. About five minutes. Woo! That's the same way when you get hooked up in the Holy Ghost and hooked up in God. It's not God's fault. It's not the word of God's fault. It's you and I not willing to get hooked up. Hallelujah. In the man of the way he wants us to. I tell you, the devil's not near as big and problems are not near as big. Amen. What the problem is, we're not seeking to listen to God. <laughs> That's the reason Nehemiah had to be sent. You hear me? They'd still be laying there. Nehemiah called, put there, called the shots. But even Nehemiah knew, hey, this thing, you know, we're going to have some opposition. We're going to have some that's going to challenge us. But God's going to help us. And so as you watch that really begin to unfold and take place, and I, I know my time's up. And uh, 
You know, even the latter part of that chapter. Watch what he says. And it came to pass that from that time forth that the half of my servants wrought on the work. And the other half of them held both the spears and the shield and the bow. Watch this. They didn't fuss and fight. You know, them down there that were still, you know, picking up the rubbish. They didn't fuss and fight because they wasn't in the ones. Hey man, the masonry bunch is over here putting they didn't fuss and fight whenever they looked up there and they seen that guy that was standing up there. That wasn't helping none of them, but he was standing up there with the spear and the sword and the shield. They didn't fuss and fight. Why is he up there and I'm down here? One cause, one purpose. And we're in this together. We're going to watch these. And in 52 days, what the devil did. He was telling them by mockery, by intimidating them. Ain't no way y'all can do that, y'all. You crazy. Oh, I remember. I mean, we come here. Huh. I mean, when I started pastoring. And some tell me, you going to last any longer than the rest of them? My face. Some of them said, oh, you just got it because you're just jealous. But all kind of stuff. Some things you just got to let it roll off you like water. You can't let it. You start letting it penetrate. You start, you know, you start, you start listening to it, and you start playing with it. Especially if you start using it for an excuse. I'm not going to love God. I'm not going to serve God. Am I? Are you kidding me? If it done anything for Nehemiah, it made him more determined. It put fire in him. The devil saying we can't do this, but you watch this. And what the devil said we couldn't ever do. With God's help, we've done it in 52 days. Because we had a mind to work. <laughs> I'm sure some of these singing regal guys, whenever they woke up Thursday morning about two, two and a half weeks ago. Oh, my Lord. When they got out, I heard someone got out, drove from the shelter and going to head toward, back toward Lucedale. But there was the river bridge and all that was so bad, they had to turn around and come back. <laughs> but I'm glad everybody didn't give up. Joe Clark was talking to me. He said, he told his wife, he said, we was going to town early that morning. He said, I told my wife, he said, hey, when I get back home, I'm going to take my track hoe. He said, I'm going to start upside that ditch. At that time, this big tree was still, the limb and I was still out in the church. He says, I'm going to make my way up that ditch with that track hoe. He said, I'm going to start throwing that stuff out of that road. He said, I'm going to get that big limb out of that church yard too. He said, I'm going to move it. He said, but on the way back, said the man that got behind her, he said, they were just a whole line of them, state trucks coming down through there. He said, man, they was, they was getting ready, they were pushing and doing it. I think some of these have done cut a lot and done. Just got to get up and go to work. And rebuild. Somebody hear me this morning. Now you listen to me. If you hadn't listened to anything else I said. Just like we're getting up and cleaning up and rebuilding. And putting things back and better if we can than what they were. Why don't we do our lives that way? Devil I let you get the best of me. And I let flesh get the best of me. And I listened to the wrong voices. And I made the wrong. Even with the Holy Ghost. And not no more God. Because this God loves us enough and cares enough about us. And if we'll just turn and call on him and cry out to him. You know what? We can come better than what we were. We can be victorious. We can be made overcomers. Hallelujah. By God's mercy and grace and compassion. 
if, as we allow him to be activated into our lives and into our hearts and our minds and our battles and do it for the right purpose and the right way. It's not about me anyway. It's not about my feelings and my ideals and my opinion. It's about God and the kingdom of God. I want to represent the kingdom of God. And sometimes that's rebuilding. Sometimes that's things that storms of life and pitfalls of life and things. It's trying to tore down it and has tore down. But you know what? I'm going to go back to the house of God and I'm going to present it to God. I'm going to let God, amen, and He can rebuild the walls and make them better than what they were. Hallelujah. Prior to this, He can make my life better than what it was. Okay, watch what Paul said. He says, I'm pressing toward the mark. Forgetting those things that are behind. Another place he talks about, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Anything in the present or future. But he doesn't mention the past at that place. You know why? It's really not the future that's destroying us. Too often we look at our past and judge our present and future. By our past. And because we failed in the past. We think it's just going to be a sure deal. In the present and in the future. But when we really set out to God. And we really humble ourselves. And said okay God. I'm going to let you be. That doesn't mean we're never going to fail again. Come on. This heavenly treasure is in a what? A earthen vessel. Which is inclined and prone. That's not all. We're looking through a dark glass. We don't see everything as clear as we'd like to. James said, try the spirit and see if it's a God. If it's not, best thing to do, don't let pride, don't let arrogance, don't let none of that bother you. Back up. Say, oh, this wasn't of God. I'm backing up. This wasn't a heartbeat. It, you didn't fail. I mean, you, I mean, you got to try. I'm telling you. I'm sorry God just don't come down and just pamper, write it all out and everything else and every day, you know. We don't have to worry about anything or dealing with life. But I'm going to tell you something. See, that was the problem with Job. Devil told him. Told God. He said, the only reason Job's living for you is because you got a hedge around him. You don't let me trouble him. Like I trouble everybody else. That's the reason I try to be very careful. About the statements I make about an individual. Could it be I just have never been tested in that area. And I may not do as well as they did. If God ever gives the hand and allows us to be tested. That's the reason we should always show compassion and mercy and grace. Because I am what I am by the grace of God. None of us would be here this morning if we weren't for the grace of God. Regardless of our walk. Regardless. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. Let's stand. I know maybe I didn't get to cover all of it as, as well as I'd like. And uh, I hope you, you've learned some things and uh, uh, understand there is an adversary out there. There's one that wants to mock you, uh, ridicule you, intimidate you. Uh, let's don't let it, you know, let's live for God. Let's, let's just serve God to our best of our ability. And, and, and let's be careful. Don't compare ourselves to men just because you don't do as well as someone else. That doesn't mean he doesn't want you to accomplish or achieve that, uh, you know. And uh, so let's, let's live for God. Live for God. You know, if you like 
the, the, the trade world. Everybody's not the same class of welders. Everybody's not the same class of fitters. Everybody's not the same class of hardware people. Everybody's not the same class. But if you're doing your best, you know, that's all God. We're doing our best. Keep his word. and Walk in his spirit. Now, now folks, you can't, you can't just do what you want to do. Live just any old way. And never spend no time with God. And just depend upon the Sunday morning and the Sunday night and the Wednesday night. No, there's got to be a companionship. There's got to be a relationship. And in that, in that, God can make us overcomers and victorious. I didn't say it'd be painless. And I didn't say it wouldn't, it wouldn't be without a struggle. Life's a struggle. You hear me? Life is a struggle. Anybody struggling? Might struggle with anything? Yeah. I'll stand there like, oh, no, no, no. I want to treat Christian. If you're living for God, you're struggling. And if you don't live for God, you're going to struggle. We're all houses and we're built on something. Sand or rock. But the storm's coming to both. To both. Love you. Appreciate you. It's good to see each one of you. Uh, let's take to heart. Let's pray for one another. Let's pray for our community. Pray for our country. Uh, very, very, very troubling times. It doesn't matter. I mean, it just, it just that's where we're at. Uh, we need God. We need the touch of God, the favor of God, the hand of God to guide us and lead us like never before. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. God bless you. Good to see you with us this morning. Good to see you. Randy, God bless her. Love you. Appreciate you. Be back tonight. Church time. And we're going to do some celebrating. How about it? God bless you. Love you. Appreciate you.